And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. It's hump day. Casey Disclare here with Coach Brian Colley. We hope everybody's enjoying the start to their day as much as we are. And boy, we got a fun show planned today. In the next segment, we're going to what is hopefully a future state champion. Coach Dennis Skeens of Cecilia will be kind enough to join us in the next segment at 1145. We'll get his game plan and his rundown of what his team looks to do Friday at noon in the Caesars Superdome in the Division II non-select state championship game against Opelousas. So we look forward to chatting with Dennis in the next segment. We have Tarpon Boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams, on at noon. We'll be chatting with us about uh, his team. They're off for the rest of the week after playing a tough one on Monday against Jesuit. Then at 12-15, we've got the Turtle. Taylor Griffin will be joining us. We'll talk with him about High school basketball, Nichols basketball, college football, NFL, all that good stuff. Uh, let's get to the scoreboard of high school basketball. We had a bunch of games last night, and we look forward to telling you about all the results and maybe even talking about some things that happen outside of the results. Um, start with the boys. Terrebonne, 73-19 to win over Noma last night at home. So Terrebonne. Look, they had their hearts stomped on a little bit over the weekend. You lose a one-point game to Catholic of New Iberia. You lose a four-point game to Vanderbilt. How are you going to respond? How are you going to battle back? Well, you're going to beat the crap out of Noma, 73-19. Good bounce-back win for Terrebonne at home last night. Um, Thibodeau gets a 56-19 win over Assumption. Good win for Tony and his team. I'm going to give you some thoughts on that one in just a second, but Thibodeau gets a win, 56-19 over Assumption. Uh, 4A, we had Lutcher. Whew. Lutcher falls to Ponchatoula 80-32 to last night. Ponchatoula's really good now, but Lutcher beats him 80-32. to Kind of a lopsided affair there. In 3A, Berwick played Louisiana School for the Deaf. No score reported. I know the game was played, though, because the girls' score was reported. I'll tell you that in just a second. Bruley got a 68-51 win over Donaldsonville. Good win for Bruley. E.D. White stays undefeated in the young season. They come from behind and get a 48-45 win over South Plaquemine and in their home opener. The Cardinals are now 3-0. Uh, Patterson bounces back 24 hours after they lose to H.L. Bourgeois. They get a bounce-back win and a really good one, by the way. 74-55 over Brobridge. Brobridge is usually a strong contender, so the fact that Patterson's beating them by 19... And the fact that H.L. Bourgeois is beating Patterson by eight tells me, hey, the Bourgeois Braves are, are doing some things right. Patterson gets a big win last night. Two-way, home of Christian school. Talked to Richard Jones last night. He said, man, we played poorly for the beginning of the game. Had to scratch and claw back. They go on the road and get a road win over Central Private, 47-41. to 41. Good character-building win for home of Christian over Central Private. Going on the road, making it happen. Single-A. Again, Covenant Christian was scheduled to play Morgan City. No score reported. Let's talk about some boys' basketball stuff, then we'll get to the the girls' scoreboard. Um, i got a score for you real quick. What's up? The Berwick. Uh, they beat Louisiana School for the Deaf 78-24. to There you go. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for, for, for that. We appreciate that. Um, our local 4A district for boys' basketball. <laughs> We got Vanderbilt, and then right now we got a whole lot of teams that are struggling. And I think one of the things that we're going to see is it'll be a test of the coaching staffs 
because right now I think that the runner-up spot in that district is wide open. Who's going to make the improvements? Will it be South Lafouche? Will it be Lutcher? Will it be Morgan City, Assumption? Whoever it may be, um, South Terrebonne, whoever. Because right now I think it's Vanderbilt on top of the mountain and to heck with even the middle of the mountain. I think everybody else is at the bottom of the mountain looking way up at the Terriers. Who's going to start to climb a little bit and bridge that gap? Whoever it may be could potentially be in line for that second spot in the district because right now our local 4A district is struggling. Stan did the math the other day. What did he say? 1-17 and 17 or something like that the combined records were. It ain't pretty, whatever it is. Um, who's going to emerge as that second team? Because we're waiting to see it right now. Because to start the year, our local boys basketball foray district has been ugly. And the thing is, not scoring much. Assumption, 19 points last night. Uh, Lutcher, 32. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's not uh, impressive right now, but which team will improve? Like you, you said, which team is going to improve throughout the season uh, has a shot. to bec- I don't think to beat Vanderbilt right now, but for a runner-up. The other teams besides for Vanderbilt, which is 4-0, are a combined 3-28 and so far this season. Lutcher is 1-3, South Lafouche is 1-4, Ellender is 1-6, Assumption 0-4, Morgan City 0-5, South Terrebonne 0-6. If you're Leon Veal <laughs> and you're in Division Two Select, which is a very competitive bracket, knowing that you got to face one, two, three, four, five, six of these teams in district play, I would not be excited. Not at all. It's a no-win scenario. If you win, it's what's supposed to happen. You don't get any points. If heaven forbid you lose, you would tank. This is going to hurt Vanderbilt going into the postseason. If this doesn't change, if we don't get some of these teams start to get hot, it's going to hurt Vanderbilt's seed in Division II select big time. And I think tonight or tomorrow night, Berwick and Morgan City's playing. That's a game that Morgan City's going to have to win. And we'll, we'll find out a lot about Morgan City. We've seen Berwick play. Uh, they're not terrible. You know, they got a ways to go. You better beat them, though. But, yeah, you have to beat a Berwick team. Girls basketball scoreboard, we had some interesting results last night. East St. John falls to East Ascension, 37-28. to 28. Uh, Let's see. I got the Vanderbilt score. It's not on the LHSA website, but I got it for you. Let me pull it up one second. Uh, da, 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 da. One second here. Vanderbilt gets a win over HL Bourgeois in girls basketball action last night, 57-21. to 21. So the Terriers roll past HL Bourgeois. Good win for them last night. Kudos to Coach Coleman and the staff there for taking care of business. Uh, we also had last night, um, Terrebonne and Central Catholic no score posted there, but we had a game that I was at, and, I, and I'll give some thoughts on a couple of different things there in just a second. South Lafouche gets a 41 to 39 win over Thibodeau. Uh, Ellie Lorraine surpasses a thousand career points. Congratulations, Congratulations. To Ellie. Yep, yeah, and, and on top of getting the 1,000 career points, she made the game winner with 15 seconds left, drove into the lane, soft kiss off the glass, splashed it home. Thibodeau had a shot late. Uh, Kyra Lacey missed a three-pointer. Thibodeau got the offensive rebound. The young lady wasn't aware of the time. The clock runs out. Lady Tarpon's got a big win, 41-39, defend their home floor against Thibodeau. Um, 4A action, Morgan City falls to Covenant Christian Academy, 47-36. So CCA gets a big win. 
over Morgan City. We told you about South Lafouche's win. We told you about Vanderbilt's win. We go now to 3A. Berwick defeats Louisiana School for the Deaf, 32-13, to so Berwick gets a win there. E.D. White, Coach Nixon Act, told me, said, bro, we didn't play well. Um, but it's a testament to his girls that they could not play well and still get a win. They got a 36-27 to win over Ascension Catholic, so the Cardinals start their, or continue their strong start to the season. Uh, 2A, Homer Christian School did not play. Single A, we told you about Covenant Christian getting a win, and we don't have a score for Central Catholic and Terrebonne. So that's our scoreboard. I got a score, Central Catholic 46, Terrebonne 25, and also East St. John, who I think the Lady Tarpons play tonight. Tonight, yes. They go down to East Ascension 37 to 28. There you go. Um, and, uh, if you don't mind, I got uh, a middle school score for you. Of course. Uh, the LCO Lady Bulldogs get a 35-22 to 22 victory over the Lockport Pirates. Leading scores, Kinsley Terrebonne with 14, Leighton Fuller Love with 11. Lady Bulldogs are now 6-2. and two. And the Bulldogs, the boys, got an, a 50-33 to 33 victory over Lockport. Leading scores were Jaden Smith with 19, Kobe Cantrell with 10, and the hard hat winner was Kobe Nelson. The Bulldogs are now 3-0. and Oh, good job, Coach Polkey. On top of that, Golden Meadows split with Grand Isle. The girls got a 29-13 win. Cammie Petrie and Adeline LaFleur had 10 points each. Golden Medal girls 4-1 on the season. Grand Isle boys got a 38-31 win over Golden Medal. Lally Castillo adds 12 points for Golden Medal. Jacques Billiot pitched in 8. So good work from Elcio and Golden Meadow. Um, look, you're facing a high school team when you're facing Grand Isle, literally. So to win the girls game and fall close in the boys game, no shame in that. Um, let's talk about the Lady Tarpons for a second. Um, I, I was so impressed yesterday with, you know, let's put Ellie aside. We could do a whole segment. Hell, we could do a whole show on the young lady. She's got a thousand career points. She was terrific last night. It was so impressive to me to see the growth of the other players on that roster. We had Kenny Lacey on yesterday. Madison Bruce is a poster child for why you send your child to BST Academy. She spent the summer with Kenny. She's now making three-pointers in crunch time, big shots, playing great defense. Her game is night and day different than what it was in years past. And she was the first to admit it when he interviewed her after the game. She said, I was nervous last year. I'm not nervous anymore. Veda Prejean making big shots, handling the pressure. Last year, Veda was just going a little bit too fast. It has slowed down for her a little bit. Um, Estrella Rivera and you know some of the other role players. But I really believe that the, the, the kind of the engine that makes it go, ninth grader Nyla Lyons has a motor that don't stop. She makes some mistakes, right? She turns it over a little bit. Back to the basket post player, those skills are not all the way yet polished, but she has the one skill that you can't teach, which is a motor. If the ball's on the rim, she's going to get it, and she's going to get it, and she's going back up. She's drawing fouls. She was tremendous last night, and even though she's a ninth grader, I think the team feeds off of that energy that she brings. Look, neither team played all that well last night, but Thibodeau is a team that made it to the second round of the playoffs last year and brought a lot of their pieces back. Thibodeau is a team that last year not only beat South Lafouche, but beat the tar out of South Lafouche. So the fact that this year you could return the favor and get a victory, that is a big, big statement from the Lady Tarpons because last year these two teams met and it was 64-26. to 26. Wasn't that way this time. Lady Tarpons get revenge, beat a playoff-bound team. Great signature win for Coach Jenkins and her staff. 
in the early stages of the year. Yeah, I think the guard play has uh, much improved, and not <clears throat> so much uh, they, that they lost. The, the ones coming back, like you just mentioned, they are big-time improved. Uh, they handle the basketball better. They're shooting the ball with confidence. That's the thing. When, when they get the ball, they're not afraid to shoot it, and they shoot the ball with confidence. And uh, Nyla Lyons on the inside, Casey, she – uh, when she gets the ball, and she's only a freshman, when she's going to learn you know, how to post up and to make these certain type moves, she's, I think, pretty much unstoppable because she knows exactly what she's going to the goal when she gets the ball and making a post move. And uh, I think if um, she's going to draw a lot of fouls, and I think she'll get a lot of free throw opportunities, but she just adds a dimension to that team. That, that helps them out so much on the inside. And, look, they play hard. They can't, they steal the ball, like, left and right. Their yep. defense is, is amazing. And, yeah, it's a good win for them at home, beating a, a solid Thibodeau team. All right, so now elephant in the room. And, Dennis, if you're listening, we're, we're, we're coming to you. Um, last night, Taylor Thomas for Thibodeau went down with a severe injury. Um, some sort of elbow situation. I'm not going to speculate. I, it looked like it was maybe dislocated or fractured or whatever. Her elbow was like sticking into her arm. It was it was not a pretty scene. There was no trainer there. Um, I don't mean to beat a dead horse. I know we talked about some of this yesterday, but you got two teams who both have athletic trainers. Neither were there. And I felt heartbroken watching Taylor Thomas sit on the floor last night for 15, 20 minutes in agonizing pain. And there were some folks there that were trying to help out as best as they could. But, man, look, it's my understanding that, you know, trainers are not available for vacation or whatever, and then maybe the other trainer was at another event or whatever. Administration has to come up with a contingency plan because that was ugly last night. That was very ugly where you have, before that, a situation where a Lady Tarpon's player is bleeding and has blood on her uniform and like a teacher is having to go and tend to that. That's that's one thing that's not very good. But then when you have the worst possible thing that could have happened, the young lady who needs urgent medical attention and there's no one really there to help, um, we've got to do better. We've got to figure out a plan B. We've got to get, like, if if, they're, if we know going in, no one's going to be there. We've got to make sure that someone is there. We've got to make provisions. we got to do something because, man... My heart broke for Taylor Thomas last night. She was sitting on the court in, in, you know, screaming in pain. They're trying to stretch her arm out and get her sit. She is screaming in pain, and it was just a waiting game because they didn't have a professional there really ready to help her out. That we've got to do better, man. My, my heart was breaking last night watching that. Well, first of all, the ones who are going to say, "Well, Thibodeau has a trainer," he had a home game. Last night, their boys were playing at home. So he needs, he's at their, their yeah. gym where he belongs. Uh, there's no excuse for it, Casey, where uh, if the trainer, if, he, he, if he's on vacation or whatever, before leaving, he should have somebody covering for him. Now, we, I don't know the whole situation. If he had somebody to cover and they didn't show up or who knows. But the bottom line is they did not have a certified trainer at that game, and that's uncalled for. That should never, ever happen. And, yeah. and I got my own thoughts about uh, taking a vacation during the season. When you, you know, your job's to, uh, a trainer to take a vacation during the season. I, my own thoughts, that shouldn't, shouldn't happen. But I know you can't stop that. But uh, 
regardless. If you know you're not going to be there, get a replacement for you. Yeah, Taylor, we're uh, we're thinking of you. We're praying for you. Hopefully, it's not as bad as it looked because it certainly looked not uh, too hot last night, and it was a. A rough scene, but the Lady Tarpons do get a big win. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to go to Coach Dennis Gaines and Cecilia. They are about 48 hours away from playing for a state championship. We can't wait to chat with Dennis. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand-new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big-town inventory and small-town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. Welcome back to play-by-play here on KLEB. Casey Jistler here with Coach Brian Colley. In 48 hours over at the Caesars Superdome, Coach and I will be in that number watching the Cecilia Bulldogs take on Opelousas for the Division II non-select state championship. And we have Cecilia football coach, former South Lafouche football coach and great friend of the show, Dennis Skanes on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How we doing? How's everything on the bayou? Good, man. Uh, Brian and I were making the joke yesterday. We said, man, Dennis ain't going to sleep a wink this week. How's the week been going so far, brother? <laughs> well, I've been getting about the uh, same amount of sleep as I always do, I would guess. Uh, now, we're trying to keep it as regular as we possibly can. Obviously, that's not going to be completely 100%, uh, but we're trying to keep everything uh, like a normal routine, same uh, with the game plan and with the kids and everything. So, so how do you do that on Friday? Because that's one thing that we were talking about. You know, high school football teams don't play noon kickoffs very often. Do you get them in a little earlier? When do you guys make the trip for New Orleans? Like, how are you guys going to handle the actual day itself on Friday? Well, we're actually going to uh, we're going to go up Thursday. Okay. Um, stay stay Thursday evening, uh, just because it you know with any kind of traffic issues, uh, you know, trying to go up trying to go up that early on the on Friday would probably 
it would be problematic. So we're just going to go Thursday and try to, uh, you know, try to get into a routine. We're actually going to work out tomorrow morning and practice tomorrow morning, and then the kids will have a chance to shower, go home, and then we'll we'll get on the bus and head to New Orleans, and you know, we'll have a meal together, we'll watch a movie together, and uh, you know, we'll kind of try to get on the same routine as far as how many hours from the game, uh, you know, and keep keep the itinerary. The same, obviously, won't be the same as far as time of day, but it'll be the same as far as, you know, when is our first walkthrough, when is our second walkthrough, when do we eat, when do, you know, those kind of things. And, uh, you know, both teams got to deal with it. So uh, we're just trying to, everything we're doing this week is just trying to be as close to uh, the normal routine as possible. Man, um, we were talking about this earlier in the week. It's an opponent that you have some history with. You played them later in the season, got a close, hard fought win. Would you rather face somebody that you've already faced, or would you have rather have been an outsider and give us the rundown? You know, the old cliche, it's hard to beat somebody twice. Talk about, you know, some things you're seeing in Opelousas on tape. Well, I think it's hard to beat, you know, uh, it's hard to beat them once, but I think it's hard to beat us once. You know, sure. so I think it's a, you know, look, I mean, y'all know this. It's my first time to the Superdome, and uh, so I don't care who we play. <laughs> but I'm just happy that we, we're getting the opportunity to play. Uh, but yeah, if you have your pick, um, you know, there's familiarity there. Um, you know, I think the, the coaching staff of the team was split because North, we did lose to North DeSoto a year ago and, um, in a game that we, you know, we, we thought we had some, we had some chances there, but, uh, and I know a lot of the kids wanted to, to play them again, but then also, uh, with the, you know, being familiar with Opelousas and, and what they bring to the table, you know, that, uh, that was fine for, you know, about half the team too. So I think it was kind of split, but either way, we know we would get Opelousas. They're a really good football team. They're very well coached. They're extremely physical. They're very, very big. It'll be a major size mismatch. Y'all will see on Friday um, that, you know, there's no, there's no doubt that they're bigger. uh, They're bigger all the way around than we are, but uh, it's going to be a physical game. And it's it's a game that, uh, you know, that that's the kind of game we play. So, uh, I think we're excited about that. We're excited about, uh, you know, getting the opportunity to, to play in the Dome no matter who it is. Tell us about the matchup a little bit because they're pretty much the only team this season that has kind of sort of slowed you guys down. They held you to 25. You guys beat them on October the 20th. Tell us about that first game where there's some things that you guys were not executing as well or is their defense just the real deal, combination of both? Tell us about some ways that you're going to try to attack them the second time versus the first. Well, I think that, well, first of all, they're, they're extremely, uh, fast on defense. Uh, they're very, very, you know, they're big, they're fast, they're physical, just in every aspect of the game. And defense is no different. And I think, um, you know, that, that gave us problems. You know, we got into the red zone three times in the first half and we came away with no points, you know, uh, and I think that, that hurt us. And whether you look at that as a, you know, if, if you're Opelousas, you look at that as a straight defense. If you're, uh, Cecilia, you look at that as we didn't execute when we were supposed to. So, you know, it just depends on how you look at it, I guess. Uh, but, you know, we uh, obviously it had a lot to do with them and, and how well they play and how good they are. Obviously, they played, they've played they've beat uh, some really good football teams this year, including the last three weeks. So, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to come and play. But, you know, I, I don't think we're gonna do anything differently as far as we're not changing things. You know, it's so late in the game, I don't think 
they're going to change anything or we're going to change anything. I think we're going to probably take a real good look at the last time we played and, um, you know, some things that maybe we could have done better or been more efficient on. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we are what we are. We have to, uh, you know, we've been doing this for 14 weeks now, so uh, there's no point in changing it the 15th. Coach, will y'all have an opportunity to uh, go at least have a walkthrough in the Dome before game time or just show up and play? It's just show up and play. You pretty much, you're going to get 50 minutes to warm up. Uh, they used to let you do that before it was, you know, the 20 championships that we have <laughs> or whatever it is now, eight. Uh, so they, you know, but now that they play on Thursday, there's no, they, you don't have time allotted on the field to go, which I wanted to, but again, we're both dealing with the same thing. Um, it's different being in there, obviously, and uh, it's going to be different for, for everybody. And I think the team that can get over the fact that they're in the Superdome, it'll probably be a pretty, uh, it'll be a, a pretty good advantage, you know, at least to the, the first quarter, is who can get over that, the awe and the shock of everything. I mean, I've done, I've uh, experienced that as a player, not, not to this uh, magnitude, but being in a big stadium for the first time in college and thinking, you know, it took me a while not to look at this, the video board and stuff, you know. So it's uh, – but the quicker we can adjust to that, I think uh, the better for whichever team does it better. Touched on the next question I was going to ask is how important is it to get off to a strong start, to have you guys kind of, you know, start to feel good about things. It feels like the first, as you said a minute ago, the first six to eight minutes, whichever team settles in the first uh, could, could be in pretty good shape maybe. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a – you know, I – I don't, you know, and I don't know exactly, of course, I don't have a lot of experience with it, but, you know, our, our offensive coordinator says this all the time. He's like, if we just get a first down, he said, once we get a first down, everything just goes and it just, it seems to be fluid. And, you know, he's, I started paying attention, you know, started saying that around week three or four and I started paying attention and he's right. You know, that I think the times we've struggled and I want to say in the Opelousas game, we might've gone three and out the first series and, you know, it's just that that uh, you know, getting that first down for our offense seems to be just a big confidence booster for them. You know, for them to be able to say, "All right, we can we can do this. We can play with them." Um, you know, so I, and look, they got a lot of good players, but at the end of the day, we 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 have a lot of good players too. You know, it's uh, I know they feel a certain way, and we feel a certain way, and and I think uh, both both teams are well coached. Both teams have good football players. It's going to be a really good game, man. And I think, that, of course, we're both going to have to adjust to, to the time of the day and uh, where we're playing and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's still a football game. Uh, you know, it's still 100 yards and it's still four quarters. And uh, these kids have been doing that their entire lives. So um, I think, I think uh, you know, you get through the first few minutes, everybody's going to calm down. It's going to be just a really good football game. Dennis, I'm going to put you um, in the spot where it's 11.45 on Friday, 11.50, whatever. you got everybody gathered around. Give us a little preview. What are you going to tell the men to make sure they're ready for this final game of the season? Win, lose, or draw, go get them. Well, I always tell them. I tell them the same thing. It's, you know, each week I'm, I'm not as good a rah-rah guy as I'd like to be. But for the most part, it's important to them to know that they've earned everything they've gotten, that they belong there, that they deserve to be there another big game you know we we talk about that all the time you know you've earned the right to play in big games and um you've earned it this season and the guys that have come before you in past seasons uh have allowed you to be in a position to where you could earn it 
you know, you know, that much quicker where they've, they've built this thing up to what it is to where we're playing in a lot of big games every year now. And they belong in those games and they need to know that and they need to understand that. And I think, uh, that goes a long way, uh, as a player, once you realize, okay, this isn't, this isn't a far-fetched dream that, you know, we, yeah, we've been talking about it since January, but you know, it's real. It can really happen and they have to realize that. And I think the quicker they realize that, the more they're going to be confident and the better they're going to play. So, uh, you know, it'll just be, that'll be basically the, my speech to them. And I probably won't do a game day. It'll probably be the night before. Just let them know, Hey, this is something you've earned and it's not easy to get here, but you did get here and you deserve to be here and you've earned it. There you go. Hey, look, man, you know, we're rooting for you. We plan to be in the dome on Friday. Thanks so much for the time. Bring it home, brother. Awesome. Thank you all so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yep. That is Coach Zinna Skeens with Cecilia doing an excellent job. Can't wait to see his team hopefully bring home the championship. It'll be a tough task taking on Opelousas. I feel a little better about it, though, when he said, hey, man, we had three early red zone trips and got nothing. So they moved the ball effectively in that game. Their offense since then has been taken to another level. They've got the Solari kid at quarterback who's ridiculous. they got a great running game. This will be a fun one. Noon. Caesar Superdome Friday. Can't wait. Yep, looking forward to it. Going to be a great game. Get to see Coach Skeens. Hopefully we can chat with him before the game. Don't want to bother him too much, but <laughs> if we can go talk with him a little bit. And um, I, I think, yeah, if they had three red zone trips and it came away empty, uh, that's, that won't again. happen again. Um, the one thing, and for those who were interested, he said, oh, yeah, I've been getting about as much sleep as normal. Don't let him fool you. His normal sleep schedule is not getting any sleep. So <laughs> he's been working the midnight oil, and he's been working hard. His team's going to be ready to go, and we certainly hope that they're able to bring it home. We certainly hope St. James is able to bring it home, and we look forward to some good days in the Dome. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Coach Brody Williams, South Lafouche basketball. The Tarpons are in about a week-long break after playing Jesuit on Monday. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. 
Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. We made an effort to get Coach Brody Williams, but look, to be to be frank and to be fair, he did tell me this morning that he was questionable because he thought he might be getting observed as a teacher today. <laughs> uh, so he may be hanging out with the principals and stuff and doing his his day job. I would call it hanging out. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if he gets back with us, we'll try to have him later on in the show. But he might be, uh, you know, trying to get the teaching thing situated today. Let's go through the schedule. East St. John and the girls' side will be hosting South Lafouche. The Tarpons trying to make amends for an early season loss against the Wildcats. Boy, 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 if I wasn't going to the Dome on Friday, I would maybe make the trip to Reserve, but I'm not. Instead, I'm going to make the trip to Terrebonne High School tonight and watch their girls take on South Terrebonne, two teams that are really struggling to start the year. Somebody can maybe get a little confidence. I'm going to go watch Terrebonne and South Terrebonne today for the girls. Also, we have South – well, I just said South Terrebonne and Terrebonne. My bad. Um, let's see. I think that's the only local girls games. Yeah, so we just got two girls games today on a fairly light schedule. The boys, everybody's kind of getting themselves ready for the weekend tournament, so it's also kind of a light schedule. East St. John taking on East Ascension over at the East Ascension tournament. Central was scheduled to play Crescent City, but that game got canceled. Morgan City traveling to take on Berwick in a boys basketball game. And that pretty much wraps up our local schedule. It's kind of light because everybody's kind of licking their wounds and getting ready for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday tournaments. Of course, we got the HL Bourgeois tournament this weekend that we're looking forward to. Um, so we'll see how things go. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, Lady Tarpons could get a win. Terrebonne and South Terrebonne. Somebody's going to have to try to build some momentum. Should be a fun night tonight. Who got Lutcher and Lutcher and Lafayette Renaissance? Charter Academy? That boys? Yep, sure yeah, is. I yeah. missed that one. Yep. So Letcher taking on Lafayette Renaissance Charter Academy at home today, trying to get an early season win. Um, partner, uh, we didn't cover the South Lafouche game against Jesuit. It was it was a tough one. I mean, that <laughs> Jesuit's a different beast, man. They uh they have weapons, they're so physical. I told you in the in the vehicle when when I drove you here a couple of days ago, I said, Man, look. It's going to just be hard for South Lafouche to score playing the way that Jesuit plays defense. They're in your face. They're applying pressure. Not necessarily always pressing, but they just make things difficult because of how physical and rough they are. They have started the season strong. Tarpon's got to just flush that one, man. You're not going to see very many teams as prolific as that. But the problem is the next game you play is against Central Lafouche. And guess what? They're going to do a lot of the same things. They're going to be physical. They're going to be in your face. And the Tarpons are going to have to learn to handle those styles of teams, because if not, you're going to continue to see that style of defense over and over and over again. Have to be stronger with the ball. Have to play through a little contact. But then at the end of the game, in the end of the day, Jesuit is seven and one, and their only loss is a three point loss to Hanville. So, wasn't the worst result you could have either. Yeah, and when you look at Jesuit, um, I think they turned the ball over maybe six times for a high school game. That's incredible. Yeah, Torpens had about twenty, but. That's the difference, Casey. When these teams, when you watch them play in championship games and the the in Lake Charles, they just they don't turn the ball over. 
And that's the biggest key if you can just keep possession of the ball, don't turn it over, and the Torpens had again about 20. And, um, again, I think what hurts the Torpens, they don't get to the free throw line. And uh, I kind of wanted to uh, ask Coach Brody this, his thoughts on the new free throw shooting rule. Hate it. Because uh, I went back and I looked. Last year, after five games, the Torpens, they shot 81 free throws after five games. How many this year? This year, 34. Oh, even worse. So it's – I don't know. I think it hurts teams like South Lafourche where you're not going to shoot as many free throws as you did in the past. And here's the thing I don't like, bro. Okay, like for for instance, we were watching Terrebonne and Vanderbilt the other night, and I'm not picking on either team, but there was one quarter. I think it was the third quarter where both teams were fouling the heck out of one another. They both got into the bonus. In my opinion, if you play bad defense, which is what that was. You shouldn't be rewarded with a get-out-of-bonus-free card at the end of every quarter. And I understand the reason for the rule, because teams would get in the bonus early in a half, and then the whole rest of the half would be a free-throw shooting contest, and, oh, that's not exciting, blah, 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 blah. But you also, as a team, have the option to just not commit fouls and don't get yourself in that situation. I think that we're rewarding the teams who don't necessarily play sound defense. I was on the fence. I said I would wait and see how it would play out two, three weeks into the season. I don't like this new rule. I prefer the old rule. I don't like late in the game that there's just no one-and-ones. Those one-and-ones are very pressure-packed at times. We don't have that anymore. I wish we would flush this one down the toilet. I don't like this new rule at all. It's gonna, It's going to favor teams that can play nine, eight, nine, ten guys because you can just keep different guys in there to keep them out of foul trouble. And the way, look, up-tempo games, a lot of times, and I'm not knocking officials at all, so don't take it this way. When it's an up-tempo type game, they tend to allow it to be a little more physical. Yeah. And if that happens, these teams that are playing up-tempo, it's going to be more physical which means, okay, you're going to have these fouls, but a lot of fouls are going to be let go. and So that's going to favor the teams who are very strong, who can handle and take care of the basketball. And if your team has trouble handling the basketball and you're in one type of these games, in a regular game, you might actually be a foul. But in a situation, it may not be. So just resetting after every quarter, I don't like it. And I think you're going to see more coaches starting to take advantage of this rule in, in different times of the, uh, of the quarter. Oh, at the end of every quarter, I would be – I mean, we talked about this all weekend over at the, the Becker Classic Advantage, but at the end of every quarter, I would have somebody on varsity whose role is to just go and foul people, give up all your fouls to give. If you got two team fouls with 15 seconds left and the other team has the ball, they shouldn't get off a shot. Inbound, couple dribbles, foul. Okay, well, then now you're inbounding with nine seconds. Couple dribbles, foul. Now now you got three seconds. Yeah, I think that you, there's ways to exploit that and take advantage of that. Yeah, um, and, and why you do it, because possessions matter. It could come down to a one-possession game. And at the end of a quarter, most times, these coaches will come and type uh, and run like a set play. And if you play an E.D. White, they have the ball end of a quarter. You're getting some type of set play for them to get their best shot available. Well, if I'm playing against them and I have some fouls to give, I may go ahead and foul, and hopefully 
when they got to inbound the ball, rely on my defense to maybe get a steal, and they don't get that shot off. Yeah, so uh, it's certainly added an element to the game. Um, just don't know that I'm all that crazy about it. Look, let, let's talk about, and it's too early. I know it's too early, but it's something that could fill some time. Let's look at some power rating stuff early for the basketball boys and girls. Um, Division one non-select. Right now we have East St. John sitting at number eight. They're one and oh. They were number one yesterday. They've already dropped at number eight. Just goes to show this is stuff. Don't pay any mind to this. This is just an idea of how things are, are sitting right now. Bourgeois six and four, they're number eleven. Hanvos five and four, they're number twelve. Central Lafouche sitting at number twenty-two with a four and two record. Terrebonne sitting at number twenty-three with a six and four record. Thibodeau at thirty-two. Right now they're three and five. Destrehan, South Lafouche, and South Terrebonne all near the bottom. Destrehan 40th, South Lafouche 41st, South Terrebonne 42nd. And Westgate's last. Why? Because they haven't even played a game yet. So they don't have any power points that they have earned. In uh, Division II non-select, scrolling a little ways before we find a local team, Morgan City sitting at 26th. They're winless. And if the playoffs started today, they would be in. So again, just goes to show how unofficial this is. Ellen there is number 32 right now at a 1-6 record. Letcher's 1-3, they're 34th. We go to Division II Select. Um, right now, Vanderbilt's sitting at number 10 with a 4-0 mark. Edie White's sitting at number 11 with a 3-0 mark. Then we go to Division Three Select. And these are just boys, by the way. Tomorrow, I'll get you some girls' numbers. Division Three Select, Homer Christian School sitting at 31st with a 3-2 mark on the year. And Division Four is... I, I, Reluctantly even tell you this because I know Central Catholic hasn't even played yet. CCA is sitting at 10th with a 2-2 two and two record, and Central Catholic has not yet played a game. So just kind of an idea, but you can't put any stock into it. Like East St. John in one day dropped from number 1 to number 8 without even playing. Like it, This is going to flip and flop so many times before we get to when it really matters in late January, early February. You can look at it now and, you, and, and come to a conclusion where our local 4A schools better start winning. Yep. Because if you behind and when district starts, you can be beating each other and it's going to be tough for teams out of the top 28 to make a move once district starts if these records continue to be what they are. Yep. Because you're not going to get any power points beating a pool of teams that are 3-28 and 28 combined right now. So. Very well said. If you were South Lafouche or South Terrebonne or Lutcher or Morgan City, you better start putting some eggs in your basket right now because it's going to be hard to put eggs in your basket a little bit later in the year. And what also, yeah, because normally in the past you look at it, and if you can be around five hundred, you think you'd have a shot to get in the playoffs. Not that, but you you have a shot. You starting off this poorly, and if these teams don't win. I don't know if a 500 record will get you in. No doubt. Let's catch a break. But before we do so, let's thank our sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff. And last but not least, Dufrin Building Materials. Come experience the Dufrin difference with eight locations. Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to have the turtle. Taylor Griffin will join us. It's play-by-play. Right back after this on KLEB. From the entire team at Golden Motors, we would like to wish you an amazing holiday. Thank you for your continued support of our dealership. We look forward to serving you for more years to come. Happy holidays from Golden Motors. Hi, I'm Nichols head football coach Tim Rebo. Winning a football game starts with a great game plan, and so does fighting pests. 
Terminex will protect your home and business from termites, roaches, mice, and even mosquitoes. Call the local team at Terminex of Homa. They will draw up a winning game plan to tackle your pests. Terminex is a proud supporter of Nichols Athletics. Go, Go Colonels! Hey, are you planning to get an updated COVID-19 vaccine? Yep, I don't want to get seriously sick and miss out on spending time with friends and family during the holidays. Does it cost a lot? I don't have insurance. If you don't have health insurance, or if your insurance doesn't cover an updated COVID-19 vaccine, you can get one for free with the Bridge Access program. Just look for places that participate in Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. Sounds good. Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. A message from CDC. Since we were little, we've been inseparable, but vaping felt different. She tried it because I did, but when I stopped, she kept using it. Now I wish we never vaped. It feels like it's my fault she's hooked. Sharing vapes means sharing addiction. Learn more at BehindTheHazeLA.com. Sponsored by Louisiana Department of Justice. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We've got about 45 minutes left to the show. We go to the phone lines. It's Wednesday. That means it's turtle time. We got Taylor Griffin on the line. T, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Hey, doing fantastic. How y'all doing in the studio today? Doing great, bro. Look, lead off talking some high school basketball because it's getting close to the season where we're going to be calling some games. Last night, I witnessed South LaFouche girls get a 41 to 39 win over a good Thibodeau team. Ellie Lorraine surpassed 1,000 career points in the win. She made the game winner with 15 seconds to go. The Lady Tarpons are 5-3 and three and are much improved. But first, as a player or former player and then also as a former coach, 1,000 career points is really doggone good, man. Salute to Ellie. Talk about just how difficult of a milestone that is. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's a lot. And I, when you really start to break down the per, points per game and the games played and the games that you need to significantly contribute in, I mean, a high school season, I mean, it's not like an NBA season. It's not even like a college season. You know, it's only so many games you can work with. So to reach 1,000 career points, man, that's a lot of 20-point games over, like, three years. You know, that's, that's significant contributions from, you know, one person who, you know, she, she got started early. I mean, you remember you and I. Ellie used to come off the bench. I remember it was her freshman or sophomore year. We named her the mid-range maniac. I mean, she was just unstoppable from right inside that, that arch. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's special. You know, congrats to Ellie. That's, that's huge um, to have someone on your team be able to contribute that significantly for that long, man. That's, uh, she's a real special player. And, uh, that's just as fans and followers and supporters of the program, we we've been blessed to see everything she's been bringing to the floor these last few years. And dude, it's the Lady Tarpons team that beat a Thibodeau team that made it to the second round of the playoffs last year. A huge win for them. They're five and three, and I know you're going to be super impressed. And Brian and I talked about this earlier in the show. Yeah, Ellie's you know she's the the person that gets a lot of the defensive attention, but. 
Madison Bruce is making some big three-pointers. You know, uh, Prejean's making some big plays. VG's making some big plays. Estrella Rivera's making big plays. You get Nyla Lines, the transfer from Homa Christian. She stepped up big. This is a Lady Tarpon team that is night and day better than last year. Thibodeau beat them by 40 last year. Lady Tarpon's got the revenge this year. Coach Jenkins and her team is playing really well to start the year. Yeah, man, that, that right there, that, that's awesome. That speaks great volumes. You know, um, when, when Coach Jenkins uh, took over after, uh, after Coach Rainey had, uh, had stepped away, you know, at first, you know, she, she was blessed with a lot of talent. She, she, was, she was blessed to transition into a good established program. And then, you know, last year they kind of struggled. They, they, there was, there seemed to be a few more downs than ups. And it's like, okay, you know, she, we're about to see what she's made of. And Coach Jenkins has done nothing but impress the hell out of me. You know, really, really getting that program back on track. Really, you know. Uh, also, it seemed. Look, I, I didn't even. I've never gotten full confirmation of this until I saw a couple pictures. It appears that she brought her husband. It appears there's two Coach Jenkins and old staff. Yep. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Correct. Uh, so him, him being there, uh, Zaron Jenkins being there in an official capacity. Now, I mean, that's got to be a huge help too, man. He was an absolute pleasure to coach. He's a great leader out there. So um, having those two uh, really. Um, just just tag teaming all the coaching operations like that that that's 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 huge man that's awesome so to to both coach Jenkins hat, hats off to them and hats off to the players on the floor for executing man and buying into to what uh to what the plan and the plan for the program is and that's uh that's awesome I'm really excited for Lady Carver basketball this year let's talk about the NBA um we're doing this in-season tournament bro I I don't know how it works. I don't know how they keep the standings. I don't know any of it. But I know this. Whenever I see those goofy, bright-colored courts, the guys on the floor are playing much harder. I saw the Pacers beat Boston the other night. Their bench was going crazy. Why? Because if you win the playing tournament, you get $500,000 cash each player. A lot of those guys, that's like half of their salary or you know, 30% of their salary. So give credit to Adam Silver. I don't understand how the hell it worked. I don't necessarily even still understand how it works. But the players seem to be bought in, and it's good to see players actually playing hard in the regular season. Yeah, man, I, I'm like you. I don't fully understand, you know, what's going to happen. Like, what does this mean for the full schedule? I mean, does this mean some teams are going to play more than 82 games this year? Or does this mean some teams are going to play less than 82? I don't know. I don't know what this does for the schedule as far as the traditional NBA planning goes. Um I don't understand how sometimes in the middle of the week you, you're playing in a tournament game and sometimes in the middle of the week you're playing in a not-tournament game. But um, either way, yeah, you're right. When, when, the, when, the court color, when the court colors look a little different, these guys seem to be playing with a purpose. And that right there, that's just great for the game. That's, you know, you and I – we, we talked about this a lot last year, complaining about the whole load management thing and how, you know, certain guys just don't want to play and they're just there for the money and there's no heart. You know, we, everyone talks about that year in and year out. But now, you know, as far as these particular games, we're not even close to the playoffs. We're not even close to the all-star break. And you got guys playing their butts off with a purpose because – 
there's money on the line. Now, where the budget and the funding came from and, and, and how they – how they're justifying that spending on the back end, I don't know. Not my business, but whatever. It seems to be working, and I'm happy for it, man. That's that's a good sign for the NBA because, you know, in recent years, the NBA has just gotten so bad with officiating, load management, uh, whether injuries are real or fake or not, whether teams are going to perform to the level that they need to be, you know, supposedly, is this rigged, is this not, you know, and it gets to a point where the, the NBA has as much credibility as WWE as far as what's 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 real and what's not. But, uh, man, this this year feels a lot more special, and I think it's, uh, it's great for the super fan, it's great for the casual fan, it's great for the players out there producing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be living in it. It's, it's awesome. The big topic of conversation that everybody's been debating were the four teams that made the college football playoff. Of course, we've got Michigan at number one, Washington number two, Texas number three, Alabama number four. The most noteworthy omission was Florida State, who went undefeated on the season, won their conference, played a tough non-conference schedule, beat LSU and Florida both, and they get left out. Dude, I really believe that Alabama is better than Florida State. I do. In my heart of hearts, I believe that. But, man, it's tough when you are in a major conference, win every single game, schedule a difficult non-conference schedule, win every single game, and you get left out. Man, I feel for Florida State. Tough break for them. Yeah, it's um, it, it sucks, man. It sucks. I, I, feel, I feel for the guys at that program. I feel for the fan base who follows them and, and just, just – they're, they were born into being Seminole fans and Gator haters, and they, they've been following religiously their whole lives. And this is the year, this is it. And they, the the players in uniform, the coaches on staff, have done everything that was asked of them. They they won every single game. You can't ask for much more. Unfortunately, for the eyes judging who deserves and doesn't deserve this top four, it wasn't pretty enough. Do I completely agree with that? Uh, probably not, but it just that's what it came down to. It wasn't pretty enough. You know what they could do? They could do like that other Florida team a few years ago, and they could just get some rings and declare themselves the unofficial <laughs> national champion. You know, that just seems to be the thing. If you're not in a blue and orange Gator uniform, no one's going to take you serious anyway in that state. You know, the U will just never be back, and Central Florida and South Florida will never be important. And if, unfortunately, Florida State will just always be little brother to the Gators. Um, until they move into the SEC, who knows what's going to happen in the next five to ten years with these super conferences, or who knows if the NCAA will even exist. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, – it's just unfortunate for the guys that that's the sad reality that they have to face. You know, you know that those guys get recruited. Those guys get looked at by the people in Florida a certain way. You know, you, you're not quite a Gator, but you know, good enough. They they've done everything that was asked of them, and it's still not good enough for the selection committee for the tournament. And uh, you know that that just sucks. I, I feel for them, man. Dude, we're going to, at least I think we're both going to be at Stouffer on Saturday, a men and women's doubleheader. I'll be there working E+. I think you'll be there working the PA. 
Dude, the, yep, yep. these uh these Colonel games at home are, are a thrill, man. The women have already surpassed last season's win total after beating South Alabama. Deanna Brister makes a big three-pointer to put the Colonels on top for good in that one. Great road win. The men have been losing a little bit, but they've been facing stiff competition. They're very exciting. Can't wait to watch the Colonels on Saturday, man. Both teams have a lot of energy right now. Yes, yes. And that uh, that energy, man, that, that starts with the leadership at the top. That that's uh, I, I think this year the two the two new coaches and uh you know you got Coach, Coach Payne uh, with the women and Coach Sadler with the men. That's uh that's some young guys who 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 practice and play and coach and just live life like their hair is on fire at all times. Those guys are intense. They uh they have a way with their leadership to get everyone around them better, to get everyone around them to buy in. And uh, it's it's great for both programs. I'm super excited about Saturday. Um, it's awesome seeing you know the the wins we've the quality wins we've seen so far from both teams. And I know you mentioned you know the men aren't uh, winning as much, but they're playing stiff competition. I mean, look, they they out there making money for the program. That that's what those games are about. But you know they. That, that's some back-end stuff that not everybody realizes. But, you know, what's what's most important there, the intangibles here, man, they're getting some serious playing experience. They're getting to face some of the best competition in the country, and that's just going to get them better and get them ready for conference. And that's, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's what matters most. As long as they keep taking steps forward and get ready for conference, you know, you, you, get, a, you get into that tournament – which I don't know where it is this year. It used to just be the easy, you know, once, once everyone meets in Katy, Texas in March, I, I don't know what the process is now. Lake Charles. Okay, Lake Charles again. Great. Um, anyway, that's another discussion a few months down the road. But uh, this, the, these tough teams that they're playing right now, getting them better for the end of the road, that this it's – That's what gets you that that postseason berth, man. That's what gets that's what gets you dancing, and and hopefully, you know, um, seated well enough to potentially pull off an upset. You know, so that's uh, it. All starts at the beginning of the season. So they they're right where they need to be, man. They they're about to start picking up a lot more wins than losses as the season goes on. The Royal Rumble's coming up right around the corner, January twenty seventh. We got a month and a half to wait, but that's the next big show the WWE's building toward. Cody has already said, hey, I'm in. Uh, so he's the first of 30 that are going to be in. Um, who do you think is going to win the men and the women's Rumble, man? I, it feels awfully predictable for it to be Cody again. I don't know if it will be. But who do you think, at least in your mind, are some names that we should be interested in in winning the Royal Rumble? Man, uh, depending on how they have it booked, you can never count out a guy like, like Damian Priest. You know, unless he's booked to do something else that night, uh, I'm not sure if he'll be in the Rumble. Um, Seth Rollins, I don't know how they have him booked, but if he's in the Rumble, he's definitely a top four guy who's going to go to distance. Um, you know, and, and then you, you have your little surprise entrance. You have your little, you know, just when you think you've got it figured out, they throw us a swerve. You know, I could definitely see Cody not winning the Royal Rumble. In uh, some sort of controversial storyline that sets up just another match that sets up something else leading up to Mania, where he'll still ultimately 
you know, dethrone Roman Reigns and get and get the championship. But uh, it's uh, I, I could see I could see the unpredictable happening this year. You know, with the, the way things have been going. You know, of course, you have CM Punk, who I'm super excited about. No telling what they do with him that night. Uh, it, it, it's a lot. I know it sounds like I'm rambling and really giving no actual answer, but that's that's <laughs> the beauty. That's the beauty of what's happening in that business right now. Is it's it's an absolute chaotic, unpredictable mess, and we as fans are absolutely here for it. Um, it's that's what that's what's going to keep us tuning in and glued to the TV. There you go, brother. Look, before we let you go, uh, the Saints are a mess. They're playing Carolina. Surely they can't lose to the Panthers on Sunday, right? They will not lose to the Panthers on Sunday. <laughs> but, but, oh, it's going to be close. It's going to be a heart attack. It's going to be uh, just enough to make you think, man, we're done. We're done. And they're going to pull it off at the very end and still mathematically be – in the runnings to win the division. And we're going to sit here and be, you know, somewhat optimistic, somewhat disappointed. It's uh, it's just going to be the same old Saints mess. But I think, you know, the, the momentum that they're going to take from the way that Lions game went, you know, they there were some bright spots. There were some some positive things. You know, at certain times in the game, that I think they're gonna they're gonna watch on film and they're gonna they're gonna bring it together, and uh, I think they'll find a way, they'll figure it out, they'll beat the Panthers on Sunday, and still possibly win the division. Just it's uh there's there's still time. So so let me ask you this: We ask this to coaches like that are retired, like you know, we ask this to Brian sometimes, we ask this to Coach Rod sometimes. Do you miss coaching, bro? I mean, I know obviously that's that's not in the cards for you right now, and you know you're not in the school system and you're working a different job. But are there ever times where you're watching a high school game or a middle school game or whatever, and you realize, man, like, dude, I I miss getting the adrenaline flowing. Do you miss it at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, it's you know this, especially this time of the year. Like, of course, of course, I miss it. I miss you know being with the guys in the office, being with the guys in the locker room and just and being out there on the floor for practice, just, you know, when, when you when you get a player who has been playing the game all their life, especially this, this, was, this was my favorite part about coaching at South LaFouche with Coach Colley, you get guys who know how to play basketball and they come in thinking they know it all and, you know, they're, they're more than good enough to make the team, but our job is to get them, get them to dig deeper and get them to try to be better. Like, the, the goal is not be the best guy on the team. It, it's you got to be better than the next guy who's going to be your next opponent. You know, being the best player on the team, you know, you may not be as motivated to practice as hard, so we got to push them. And I love pulling a guy to the side – whether it's before practice, after practice, or during something else, and you pull them and you show them something they've never seen before, and you explain to them, look, this is why it works. This is how it works. Now go out and apply it. And they go out and apply it, and they look at you, and they got a big goofy smile on their face. The light bulb moment just went off. They're like, man, that stuff really works. Cool. Uh, yep. If you would have listened the first time, you know, we <laughs> – that, 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 those funny little goofy moments I miss the most, man, because it was – it was really cool just 
just showing someone younger than me who I've been in their shoes before, like, look, man, just just try it this way. Trust me. And it works. And they they like, oh, my God. Like, he just he just showed me the cheat code to life that I didn't know existed. And it's like, man, it's just simple basketball. Just listen to your coaches, man. And it's, uh, you know, it's a good, happy moment for everybody. That, that's, the, that's the good stuff I miss the most about it. There you go. Brother, thanks so much for the time. We'll chat soon, and I'll see you Saturday, brother. Yep, yep. We'll see you Saturday. Um, thanks again for having me. It's fun. And as always, go Tarps, and God bless America. That's Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job. We look forward to chatting with him every Wednesday. Uh, he was a coach in, on your staff for some time. And, boy, I – You'd never get rid of that little itch because, dude, I got to tell you, I was taking pictures at South Lafouche Biddy on Sunday. Was it Saturday? Saturday. And, yeah, I was having a good time. I was talking to people and, you know, hey, hey, how you doing? How's everything going? But I wasn't paying attention to what anything or anything that anyone was telling me because in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I wish I was coaching one of these teams right now. Just don't have the time to do it anymore. But it's a bug that it never leaves you, man. It's that competitive edge that – the only way you could itch it is by being part of something like that. Yeah, you definitely miss it. This time of the year, I'm always, I was always uh, tired because, I mean, watching film to God knows what time and you're going to teach all day and you games, practices, and all this it wears you out. But the, the grind just gets you more fired up to just stay. How many times would we leave, I mean, school at 2 in the morning, be back at 6? You know, uh, right after for school. I and, left school um, at 2 in the morning. I was never back yeah. at 6, though. <laughs> now, now I find myself tired because I'm just getting old. <laughs> but I do miss it, and who knows? But, yeah, Turtle, he's right. When you, uh, you you tell a kid something, and when they finally get it, that aha moment that they have, uh, it, it makes it all worthwhile. All the, the negative stuff, the people that bash you and all that, when uh, you see a kid – get that little moment it's it's all worth it okay so let me ask you this and, and we're up against a break and we do have the mailbag i got all the questions loaded up we'll be able to get it in before facebook and twitter and instagram like the 90s the 80s whatever it may be um were people still crazy like they are now like i feel like they always were crazy we just didn't have to publicly read their thoughts they would just keep them in to themselves and they would talk about it in the car or, like now everything is so public like are people crazier now because of the keyboard courage that they have or has it always been this way i just think you uh you see it more because with social media yeah. keyboard courage and i'm not saying people are crazy that's it's you saying oh, that, no, no, but no people are crazy yeah, I'm, uh and i just think it's more out there now with the the social media stuff and um win lose a draw okay. if you're a coach you you're getting it because um you know they all want to win yeah if you win then it's you know, my kid didn't start, then it's, oh, my kid didn't play or stuff. So it's always something. But, uh, I, yeah, I think it was still out there. People would just talk. You just wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't hear. That's why uh, if you're going to be a coach, get off social media. You don't, it, your life is so much easier and better. Don't look at none of that, all that negative stuff. Just stay off of it. Got a little bit of NFL news, uh, and then we'll catch a break and get to the, the mailbag. Zach Wilson will be starting at quarterback for the Jets on Sunday against the Houston Texans. Zach Wilson was offered the starting job back on Monday and told his coaches, yeah, I don't know, eh, maybe, maybe not. Dude, player empowerment in professional sports is going way too far. Zach Wilson is being paid millions of dollars as a first-round draft pick. 
and was told by his coach, hey, Monday, you're getting the ball. Eh, maybe. We'll see. What the hell are we doing? That's a dangerous precedent when a guy who could just say, yeah, yeah, maybe I'm not going to play. You never know. But a guy that can see that's not very good that, can see that just think the ones who are That's unbelievable to me. Okay, like let's say that the coaching staff would have bought this crap of, oh, yeah, maybe I'm not going to play. Would he have given back his game check for sitting on his ass and watching the game on the side? We all know the answer to that. Dude, if if I just decide tomorrow, yeah, uh, this play-by-play show on Thursday, yeah, don't feel like it. Yeah, uh, not for me today. I ain't going to get paid. These guaranteed contracts and this era of athlete empowerment, is it's getting scary, man. It's getting scary. Money. You got dudes that understand that the the uh, check stub is going to be the same whether they go 110% or not. We've got to get some sort of incentive, and that's why I think the in-season basketball tournament is cool. Guys are playing because they want to get the 500 grand. If that's what it takes to motivate them, then you know we got to do what we got to do. But I was yelling at the TV yesterday like Zach Wilson, who the hell do you think you are yeah, exactly. to tell your coach? No, oh yeah, maybe I'll start. I, I don't know. I'll think oh. about it, dude. Get rid of his ass. Cut him. Cut, you're, you're now starting a guy on Sunday who said earlier in the week that he wasn't all the way bought in. What are we doing? Like, I, I don't know. Just thought I'd mention that because, whew, I never heard that one before. Yeah, you, you, you got the ball, kid. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Crazy, crazy times. Oh. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I got 10 mailbag questions. We'll get them all answered. It's play-by-play wrapping things up on KLEV. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Hey. Hey. You all right? I don't know. Lately I've been feeling kind of off. Might be because you've been vaping so much. What do you mean? You know how when dirt gets in the engine oil, it throws everything off? Yeah. The nicotine in vapes is like that. It's not meant to be in your body. It throws off your natural brain chemicals, which could make you feel jumpy, anxious, or even sad. So like that engine with the bad oil, your brain ain't running right. That ain't right. Keep your body running tobacco free. Learn more at BehindTheHazeLA.com. Sponsored by Louisiana Department of Justice. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. 
State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. At State Bank and Trust Company, still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. From the entire team at Golden Motors, we would like to wish you an amazing holiday. Thank you for your continued support of our dealership. We look forward to serving you for more years to come. Happy holidays from Golden Motors. Welcome back to Play by Play. We want to thank Coach Dennis Gaines for the time. We want to thank Taylor Griffin for the time. And we want to thank you all for the time. We've got a bunch of um, questions to answer here. We've got 10 of them in the mailbag. If you've got a question for me, I'm at Casey underscore just click on Twitter. Um, we're at KLB Radio on Twitter. Is it still Twitter? Like I feel like it's X. X. Yeah, but I'm going to always call it Twitter. Twitter. Um, well, yeah, find me on X. Um, Casey underscore just clear. Facebook, I'm Casey just clear. Find a way to get me your question. The first question comes from... A listener who's got jokes who wants to know, hey, will your Cowboys beat Philadelphia this weekend? Uh, yeah, yeah, we will. Um, Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorite. We have beaten the Eagles in Dallas four years in a row. Jalen Hurts is not 100%. Though I, I'll say this, Jalen Hurts does seem to limp a little bit more profoundly whenever he's losing versus when he's winning, but that's just me being petty. Um, yeah, I'm going to go the Cowboys. Cowboys are good at home, haven't lost at home. They lost close at Philadelphia. I think Dallas gets the win on Sunday. I really do. I think they make a statement. I think that they're going to beat Philadelphia and uh, put themselves in a better position. I think Dak got a chance to maybe make himself the MVP favorite. He's the second in the odds right now uh, behind Brock Purdy. If Prescott plays well and the Cowboys win, they can maybe start to reverse that narrative a little bit. Uh, Where's that game? Dallas. Oh. Jerry World. Wow. Cowboys okay. are undefeated, 6-0 and at home. I think they're going to get the win. Casey, what are your thoughts on the LSU bowl game matchup with with Wisconsin? Um, I think it sucks. <laughs> I, I, I'm not excited about it. I'll say this, though. I Knowing that Jaden Daniels is probably not going to play, and I say that even though Brian Kelly said yesterday, hey, he might play. You know, He hasn't decided yet. Knowing that Jaden Daniels is, is – there's a possibility of him not being available – i rather it be a little bit more of a manageable game for Nuss as opposed to facing like Notre Dame or one of the the big power programs they were scheduled to face. Um, but here's my, my expectations for any bowl game are this. I don't give a damn if you win or if you lose. I want to see your guys competing. And every college coach tells you that the 15 practices are worth more than the bowl game itself. want to see some younger players. And I think for LSU, it's going to be an evaluation of, hey, what do we have to go and get in the transfer portal what do we have to target with the remainder of our high school recruiting class? Chance to sort of put the beginning of the foundation as you're starting to build towards next season. So those are my things. It's not an all that sexy matchup, but I do think LSU should win, get their 10th win, and build some momentum. To me, that's what it's all about. Yeah, Tigers take care of business easy. Who's my pick to win the college football playoff is the question the next listener has. Um, I was shocked that Michigan was favored to beat Alabama. Um, they are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. That line shocked me. I don't think Washington's very good. I know they're 13-0, and and I don't think they're very good. I think the two best teams are Texas and Alabama. 
I think Michigan is slightly behind those two teams, and Washington is kind of pretty far behind those two teams. I'm going to pick Alabama because all I've ever seen the SEC do in the college football playoff is run rough shot through everybody. I think that since the Tide have relied on Milrow's legs a little more, he has gotten more comfortable throwing the ball. And I just don't know that Michigan will have seen the speed that Alabama is going to present to them throughout the course of the year. Let's face it, you played Iowa in your conference championship game. That's that's a joke. Now you're facing a big old step up in class. I think Alabama's defense will be able to stop McCarthy and the Michigan offense. I think Milrow will do enough. I think Alabama wins that one. I think we get an Alabama-Texas rematch, and you ain't beaten Saban twice in a year. I'm going Alabama to win the college football playoff. I would I would pick Alabama, but uh, if it's Alabama-Texas, man, that could be high score, and I, I don't know if Alabama's defense can slow them down. Next listener wants to know, Casey, do you have a sleeper pick? an underdog pick that could potentially win the Super Bowl. I don't usually look at these questions until the day of, but I do have a sleeper pick for you. The Cleveland Browns are exceptional on defense, and they run the football very well. The thing is, they're trying to figure out their quarterback position right now with Flacco in there and Watson out or whatever. But in that cold weather, in that disgusting, nasty weather that you're going to have later on in the year, the way that the Browns play – favors them at 60 to 1 right now. I think that's a good bet. I also think Buffalo at 35 to 1 is a good bet. Those would be my two sleepers. I'm not picking either one. I think it's going to be the 49ers, Chiefs, Eagles, you know, one of those teams. But if you're asking me for a sleeper, Buffalo 35 to 1 feels like a lot and Cleveland at 60 to 1 feels like an awful lot. So those would be my two picks. I would What about Detroit? Uh, Detroit, uh, eighteen to one. That's not a bad one either. That's not a bad one. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, the Saints gave them things to handle too. But uh, I'd, I'd see Detroit. Casey, will Matt House be back at LSU? Um, yeah, I think he will. <laughs> uh, I think that LSU is going to bring Matt House back. I think that if he was going to be replaced, he would have been replaced by now. Um, and I think that the Tigers are going to shuffle some of the defensive staff around them. Uh, so, yeah, I think Matt House is going to be back. Um, whether that upsets LSU fans, I don't know, probably so. But we got we can't forget the fact that LSU did have a good defense last year under House. So, I don't know, maybe they're just shuffle the deck. I do think he's going to be back, um, and I think LSU fans are going to be upset by that. And if the defense stinks again next year, then it's going to be a lot of big pressure on the big guy in the big seat, uh, Coach Kelly. I don't think he's back. You don't? No. Uh, just the way he his press conference, uh, I don't think he would be back. And if he is back, it has to be with some type of changes, right? Yeah. Someone's gonna gonna feel the heat and get get dismissed from their job. Isn't it shady how this works? Like right now, Coach Kelly openly said, like, yeah, we're going to probably make some staff changes, but we want the guys to finish recruiting. Like the early signing period's in late December. You are asking dudes to go sign players knowing that that coach that the player's committing to might not even be with the team after they get that signature. That's just kind of shady, man. And it's not a knock against Brian Kelly. Everybody does it. Um but it's just kind of some shady business. So he knows it now if he's making a move, just not saying. Next listener wants to know, Casey, what video game is in your PlayStation 5 right now? What have you been playing? Um, Madden, Madden 24. I've been playing that relentlessly. Um, 
I've been playing an online league with my little cousins, and I've been playing an offline league myself. The realism of the game is really cool. Um, I know people like to poo-poo on Madden and say, oh, it's the same game every year. I don't believe that. I think that they have made some improvements, and that is the game that I'm currently playing. Have you? Do you ever played video games at all? When I was young, but nothing like the games now. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> look, I ain't trying to make old jokes here, but what kind of video games they had when you were young? Atari? Yeah. You played Pong? Like, yeah. I'm talking old, yeah. old-time games there. Yeah, so there was no Madden back in those days. Um, listener wants to know, where will Shohei Otani end up? This was a question that was asked last week, and keep asking it until he signs because um, – Right now, apparently, the Blue Jays, the Cubs, the Dodgers, and a couple of others are vying for his services. Apparently, the Cubs seem to have a little bit of an outside edge. Um, I don't know. I think it's up to – okay, I think Otani could get the big 10-12 year deal, but I don't think it's going to be for as much money as he thought initially because of the elbow and shoulder injury. So I think that he's got two options. Either you take the big deal and be a little bit dissatisfied by the $400 million that isn't $600 million, or you take a shorter deal, two- or three-year deal, get your elbow and your shoulder back right, start pitching again, and then sign the mother load deal. Will he bet on himself, or will he take the long-term guaranteed money? I don't know, but I think that based on that, it's going to depend where he ends up. Um, but I wish I would be in a position someday to turn down $400 million because I feel like I'm worth 600 Okay. <laughs> I mean, that feels like a pretty good spot to yeah. be in. A listener wants to know, Casey, why are you a Cowboys fan? Um, okay, this is a, it, it's, it's, it's rooted in family. Um, I'm a Cowboys fan because my dad is a Cowboys fan. I'm, my, my dad was a Cowboys fan because he grew up in the early 60s before there was a New Orleans Saints, and the Cowboys would play Green Bay for the NFL championship game every year, and they would lose every year. And they became the lovable losers, the team that he always wanted to root for to see win the championship. And they eventually got to the Super Bowl era and they won some. But I am a Cowboys fan because of that. Um, people ask me often, like, did you ever live in Texas? You know, you're a Rockets guy. I'm not as big on them anymore since Harden left. But, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's just um, before the Saints even existed, that's who my dad's team was. And it just spilled over. It's in the genes. Um, it's Hasn't been great to me for most of my life. Whenever I was young, they won a bunch of Super Bowls. They won three in the 90s. But since then, it's been pretty painful. Uh, but that is why. Yeah, I've heard that story before. Do you um do you have any team that you root for outside of, like, the Saints or the Pelicans in Alabama and the ones that we know about? Do you have any kind of crazy story like that? Look, when I was young, I was a big-time Cowboy fan. Oh, man. I'm my talking – <clears throat> Elementary school. I knew every player, every position. This is the Roger Stallback days. Yes, and we would get these uh, the playing cards and and all this. And yes, I was a, a big time Cowboy fan. So if we beat the Eagles on Sunday, can I get you on Monday to say how about them Cowboys on the air? Yeah, I, yeah, because okay. they're not beating the Eagles. Okay, well noted. Um, do you think two more questions to go? Do you think that the New Orleans Saints could take Jaden Daniels in the NFL draft? This question is being asked because a mock draft produced, I think maybe by Sports Illustrated, maybe by Sporting News, one of those publications, have or has Daniels going to New Orleans with the number six pick. The Saints have not taken a first round pick at quarterback, what, since Archie Manning? I think we heard the stat the other day. Um, no, I don't think they're gonna take a quarterback in the first round, and here's why. 
You have to have Derek Carr next year. He's got a 50-plus million-dollar cap hit. We talked about that earlier in the week. Reports are that Mickey Loomis is pretty secure. He's in tight with Ms. Benson. He's going to be running the team for the foreseeable future. And if that's the case, he's not going to be willing to admit, hey, we screwed up getting this guy after one year. So what they're going to do is they're going to try to put Band-Aids at every single other spot on the field. They'll try to beef up the offensive line a little bit. They'll try to maybe get a new offensive coordinator, and they'll run it back with Carr at quarterback because they're not going to have the ego or lack thereof to admit that they made a mistake after one year. I don't think the Saints are taking Jaden Daniels. I don't think that the Saints are taking Bo Nix. I don't think the Saints are taking a quarterback, period, with their first-round pick. They've only done it once in franchise history. Now, do I think they should? I think Jaden Daniels has the possibility and the potential to be a pretty good pro. Look at what Jalen Hurts is doing right now. Jalen Hurts was not near the passer at the college level that Jaden Daniels was. If Daniels adds about 15, 20 pounds to his frame, learns to slide, I think he could be effective on Sundays, but I don't think it's going to be the Saints' problem, unfortunately. I think he's going to end up going somewhere else. Wouldn't it be nice if the Saints would draft Jaden Daniels and he could come in and maybe teach Carr a thing or two? (laughs) I don't know that that's usually how it works. The veteran usually teaches the rookie, right? No, well, not in this case. <laughs> How nice would that be? It's like, look, don't hold a ball for so long. Run or do something. Move. I don't know how much. Worry about in. just playing quarterback. Not every position. Carr's not going to play Sunday, huh? Like, no, no. I'm looking at the injury report. They got him listed as questionable concussion protocol. There's no way he's going to be out there. No way. They're they're going to give the ball to Winston and uh. Not for his second. Was it second concussion? Second and a yeah, month. Yeah, there's, there's no way. And then that's on top of their saying, oh, he's got a shoulder injury. He's got rib injury. Like, he's he's beat up. He's Unless Tua's doctor from a couple of years ago is with the Saints. Can you imagine if he would get a third in yeah. five weeks? Dude, that could potentially be very, very dangerous. That's dangerous. Which local team, the last question, is the most likely to make the basketball top 28? Um, Vanderbilt. The Vanderbilt girls are the most likely team to make the top 28. I say that because they've done it a couple years in a row now. They've got so much high-end talent. And by the way, we did get a scoreboard update. Remember we were talking, I don't know if it was on or off the air, about the Lake Charles tournament. They played John Curtis in that loser's bracket game and lost uh, by 10. So the Terriers have lost or had lost two in a row before getting back on track against HL Bourgeois. Um, But it's a team that they're going to be there at the end of the year. They're going to be ready to roll at the end of the year. They've got the talent. They've got the experience. The only thing that could hurt them would be if their health fails them, which two years ago it did when Michaela Charles went down. But I think Vanderbilt's the most likely team on the girls' side to make the top 28. And I don't know that it's really even all that close, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's wrap up. Uh, Thanks to everybody for the questions. Uh, Tomorrow we're going to hopefully chat with Birdie Williams. We had him squared away. He, He got to us at 12.15, said he was good to go, but we had Turtle lined up. So we'll get to Birdie tomorrow. Tomorrow is the start of the HL Bourgeois Tournament, so we'll try to have Andrew on to promote and let us know everything that's happening there. And uh, hopefully got another good show planned. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. Love you guys. Take care. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.